Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the College and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. And then after you're done greeting and meeting, would you please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2? We are in a series about the real Christmas, and I thought I would read uh, a story about some gift giving, maybe where we get this tradition of gift giving around Christmas. So turn in your Bibles. There's Bibles on the table. There's probably a Bible on your phone. Uh, we're in the habit of not putting the, the verses on the screen to encourage you to look in your own text. So Matthew chapter 2 is the Christmas story. Yeah, we're going to read this small section about the Magi who give gifts to Jesus, maybe part of where we get our tradition of giving gifts around Christmas. Um, so here it goes. Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1, says, um, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. It's very interesting. We don't know too much about these Magi, where they came from. It just says the east but they were into some sort of watching the stars, astrology or something. We're not really sure, but they see his star and they've come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And verse 5 says, in Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And this is written in the book of Isaiah. But to you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judea, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7 says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found them um, the exact time the star had appeared. He sent, to them, sent them to Bethlehem, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report it to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And verse 9 says, After they heard the king, they went on their way, um, and the star that they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him, which is, we talked about this last week, but here's clearly someone coming to worship God in this child. And then they opened their treasures and presented to him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are gifts you would give to a king um, it goes back to even Old Testament times. So let's stop. Let's, let's pray to the Lord right now. So Jesus, we thank you that you have come into this world. And this whole season of, of Advent and Christmas, we hopefully await, expect you to come as you have, that we can worship you, that you came to this earth, you died, that we might have salvation and forgiveness of sins. And Lord, we, we, we wait for this day in which we will see you again in the, in the end, and we will have a resurrection because what you have done is you've conquered death. So we praise you, we worship you, we bring to you everything we have. All the gifts that we have, Lord, are yours because you are holy, you are God, you've created us, and we love you. So we love you and praise you. And everybody said, amen. Well, let me tell you a quick story about me. Here's a little picture of me when I was a little kid, um, the explorer. Parents like to brag about their kids, and I wasn't very athletic, so my parents didn't brag about my athletic abilities. I really wasn't all that smart in school. I had to work really hard, so my parents didn't brag about my um, 
knowledge of English or math or science or anything like that. What they did brag about was my exploration abilities and my inquisitiveness. And I was always asking, even from a very young age, very deep, important questions. Questions like, where do babies come from at a much too early age? Um, And my parents, my mom brags about how when I was very young, like two years old, I was fascinated by philosophy and religion. And I would ask endless questions about the soul and where is the soul and what happens to the soul when you die and can you die again and then lose your soul? And my mom was just like, I don't know, kid, this is crazy. Stop asking all these weird questions. Just very inquisitive as a young child. And um, we grew up in church and going to church, all these questions. And my parents, like maybe many of your parents, taught me about Santa Claus. Anybody grow up knowing about Santa Claus? Oh, really? Only about, I see about half the hands, maybe? We'll talk about that later. Um, so today, we are going to talk about the real Santa Claus, the real Saint Nick. It's going to be kind of a fun Sunday, but this, the bigger, deeper message we have today is this gift-giving and who God is. And we'll, we'll, So if you're like, oh, we're just going to talk about Santa today, there's much more than that, trust me. Um, but I grew up believing in Santa, and I remember going to my dad's work party where they like they did this whole undercover thing of finding out what the kid wanted, then the parents would get that thing, and then you would go visit Santa and tell Santa what you wanted, and then up out of his bag would come the thing that you just said. And I was like, oh my gosh, Santa! Um, and so just blown away as a kid with Santa. And, and for me, as this inquisitive kid, I was just like, okay, so, but wait, there's, there's Santas in all the different malls. How can that be? How could Santa be in many places? Anybody ever think about that when they were a kid? And you're, what's the answer? <laughs> yeah, there's Santas, they just work for him. And so as a kid, I was like, well, who's the real Santa? And how, you know, how does he get to all the places that he needs to go in one night? And then I was really confused about, well, what if you don't believe in Santa? My parents were like, well, you don't get any gifts. And then I was like, as a, as a little kid, I was like, well, what if you're like, you're in a place like China and your parents don't believe in Santa, but you believe in Santa. Do you get gifts? And my parents were like, I don't know. This is weird. Stop asking questions. Um, but there was a point in my life that I kind of realized some of the claims about Santa were not as true as other things. And I kind of made, had, that, had that realization right around the time my parents pulled me aside and they had the talk about Santa Claus with me. And from then on, I was very confused. Here's a picture of me and Santa, by the way. Um, I didn't really like him. Um, but it really, going back to this moment, um, was really confusing for me as a kid, as an inquisitive quid, kid about religion and philosophy. I was like, okay, so Santa, everything you've told me about Santa, some of those things are not true. What about the things I've been learning in church and about Jesus? And for me as this little kid, very inquisitive and philosophical, it really rocked my little kid world about like, oh, these beliefs and like, should I have had faith in something that wasn't true? And what about God? What about Jesus? What about the Bible? (coughs) What part of those things are true and not true? (coughs) Excuse me. So today we're going to talk about, of course, the real Santa Claus, who is St. Nicholas, and we'll get to really big principles of giving and who God really is. That's the, that's the real theme of today's lesson, but we'll kind of use Santa to talk around it. So first of all, some announcements. Thanks for coming, everybody. Um, let's go through some of these. If you're new to the Mill Sunday School, we have a card for you on every table, I think. Yeah, I see them. Uh, you could fill one of those out, and as you leave, bring it to the uh, there'll be people back there right as you leave, and we'll give you a gift bag. Say thank you for coming in there. I think is a CD 
uh, of our worship band and a book that our senior pastor, Brady Boyd, wrote. So if today's your first time, or if you've been coming just a little bit and you never filled out a card and you're like, oh, I want a bag, um, you can do that. that that's, they're for you. That's what they're for. We want you to have the gift. And if you're new, we all go over and we usually sit in uh, section 10 in the back um, for big church right after this. We'll go over there. So if that's you, then you should sit with people. It's just a bit, it's like a big auditorium. And so we want you to be in sections and we're doing this thing called section communities. And so go over there with people, sit with people, you know. And finally, forward, excuse me, winter retreat is right around the corner. I've called it fall retreat many times because for many years we have done a winter, uh, we've done a fall retreat and now we're doing a winter retreat. It's hard to get out of my mouth. So the winter retreat last weekend of January, it's for college and 20-somethings and you all are invited and it's only 99 bucks. That's the cheapest we have ever done a retreat. Um, and it's, it's right up in Golden Bell Ranch, which is in Woodland Park, kind of in Divide, which is only like 50 minutes from here. We're going to go up and spend the weekend um, having a blast. There's like a tubing hill and a heated pool. And, and so you should register now because it's only 99 bucks for the first 50 people. And Victoria, if you would raise your hand back there, see your hand. She, she's been helping out with True Retreat and all this stuff. She can help you get registered if you're like, I don't know how to do it. Well, you, all you really have to do is go to the website and go to the main New Life Church website. Click, you'll see this uh, ad, and you click on it, and it'll le- lead you to a registration page. And you have to sign in with your uh, like Fellowship One or giving account, which you, you have if you've ever given online, or you can create one really quick. It's no big deal, and pay your 99 bucks so it, the price doesn't get raised to 120. So that's all the logistics. But here's what I'm really excited about. We're calling the retreat Magnified, and I've been telling people about what we are trying to do. And I've been to a lot of retreats where it's all about me, like I go to the retreat and it's like me and God, me getting my life straight, me um, coming to a new level, me uh, thinking about my life and and what's going on inside of me and me reevaluating me. But this retreat, we're not going to do that. We're going to say, well, let's forget us for a little while. Let's forget me and let's just focus on God for an entire weekend. So all the songs... All the sessions will be focusing on how awesome and how holy and how sovereign and huge God is, how He is bigger than anything we can imagine. And we, if I, my belief is that if we spend a weekend doing that, of course we will be changed. Of course we will be, um, um, like we will, there will be fruit bared in our life because of that. But this weekend, it's all about Him. And so that's really my, I'm just excited about that for a weekend. So, Sound cool? Cool. All right. So next week, another the, the, the leaders of Sunday School really like you guys. So next week, this is like totally their idea. Uh, they're going to cook you a hot breakfast. So they're just, they're going to, we talked about it today. They're going to come on Saturday and prep all the food. Then they're going to be here next week at 6 a.m. getting all the food ready. And so we'll have, uh, we're trying a new recipe with like French toast and bacon and sausage. Those are three different things, by the way, not all one thing. Um, so it'll be really good. So we just, it's kind of like your Christmas present sends you out. And then, uh, <coughs> see, that's next week. The week after, uh, we're not meeting, but we'll talk more about that later. So let's get you started. Here's kind of a fun discussion question. And like I said before, we're going to start off with the fun and the Santa kind of stuff. And then things are about to get really serious and real. And we are going to go pretty deep into um, some truths about scripture, giving, and who God is. But first, some fun, just to kind of get you talking and thinking. Uh, What were your Santa traditions 
growing up? Would you share some of them at your table? Don't, you could share the weird ones, but don't share the weird, creepy ones. Like keep those for counseling and for meeting with a pastor that has time to pray over you. Um, just keep with the fun, you know, weird ones. So share some of your traditions. Ready, get set, discuss. So I don't want to spend too much more time on Santa, uh, but I walked around and heard a few of your stories. <laughs> Up here they said she's a fourth, fifth grade teacher. And she said the new thing this year is for the fourth and fifth graders to run by the kindergarten hall classes and scream, there's no such thing as Santa, and then run. <laughs> Great, kids. How many of you believed in Santa as a, as a kid at some point? I still see about half hands. And how many of you did not? Like your parents like, no, Santa's. Wow, so about half and half um, Santa traditions, which kind of surprises me because I grew up fully with Santa and had to be told like some of what we've been telling you is not true. And then it just crushed. How many of you that raised your hand that did believe in Santa were crushed when Santa was not real? Only a few of you like me. Good. Um, Let's talk about the fake Santa for just a second. We're going to get to ultimately who St. Nicholas was, which is a real person. But the fake Santa has a lot to do with uh, St. Nicholas and the mispronunciation mis- <laughs> oh, the <laughs> anyways, of who this person is. So Sinterklaas in Dutch uh, sounds a lot like Santa Claus or even St. Nicholas. You could hear it. It's Santa Claus. You hear it in there. Um, here's Sinterklaas. Sintis, Sint- what's his name? Sintus Klaus uh, on the right there riding a horse, which was our early tradition from coming from, it kind of gets a little weird with these mixing of St. Nicholas and this guy named Odin, who was a god in the North lands, and he rode a flying horse that had eight legs, and which kind of is like, oh, well, now we have reindeer that fly, and there's lots of legs in them, but only four each, and it's like, that's interesting. And then further down the road, it wasn't until the 1800s, um, this was a very, well, we won't spend too much time on this, but this is a very interesting evolution and phenomenon of who Santa Claus is and the traditions that go along with Christmas is that a guy, uh, he was a professor in New York, wrote a poem called Twas the Night Before Christmas, and it was actually called um, A Visit from St. Nicholas, but we all know it from the first lines, "Twas the night before Christmas, where Santa Claus, or St. Nicholas, is portrayed as this character, and there's sugar plum fairies, and stockings were hung with care. And we really don't know what like Santa Claus looks like until the late 1800s, where a guy by the name of Thomas Nast starts painting pictures for some magazines, and he paints them kind of like this. And I'm not really sure what he's doing holding a pipe. That's kind of weird. But... Um, it's not until the 1920s when we see some images like this from Coca-Cola, and we could really thank Coca-Cola and their advertisement for the Santa that we now, when you close your eyes and you picture Santa, this is probably who you think of because of these ads in the 1920s and the story of who Santa is and what he's still doing, and new traditions are still arising today. Um, for instance, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is not that old. Um, 1939 was when the, this book came out about him, 1949 is the song, 1964 is this creepy claymation that you probably see every year um, about Rudolph, and of course he is one of the reindeer now, uh, not an original reindeer, but part of the story, and things just keep 
transforming and evolving. And you at your own home have traditions of Santa, and those get passed on, and then other families take on your traditions. And there's just this evolution of who Santa is. But let's go back in time to talk about the real Santa. It's actually Santa, the word for saint, and we want to talk about the real Saint Nicholas. I found this picture on the internet. I thought it was pretty cool. It's Santa Claus being arrested, and the text says, uh, it's all good, Your Excellency. We arrested the person who tried to steal your identity. So Santa Claus is getting arrested. Saint Nicholas is there. And I need to say a disclaimer that this, this lesson... Um, People ask me like how I prepare, and usually for Sunday school, it's a lot of scripture and commentaries, but today's lesson, it's not a scripture lesson, but we'll go back to these very important points that I'll tell you later, this idea of gift giving and this idea of who God truly is. But as a disclaimer, this is not a scripture lesson, but we can learn from the people, the saints that have gone before us. We can learn from church history. Um, That is why, I mean, the idea that... um, it's in Hebrews chapter 12 that there's a cloud of witnesses, and we can look back and say, oh, there's been believers throughout history and still today who we look, uh, look to for um, our life and faith, and they are role models to us, and the real St. Nicholas is just that. So for today, our nerd alert of the day is <laughs> the real St. Nicholas Uh, miracles surrounding him. He's often called St. Nicholas the Wonder Worker. Here's a picture of him. He he looks not too happy, but he is. Um, He's doing like a gang symbol there. Uh, Looks like he's doing West Side kind of. Uh, But that side, does anyone know what that is? It's, 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 uh, it's, there's quite a, whenever you look at icons of saints, they're usually holding something or doing something that shows um, something to give the credit back to God and His glory. He's holding the Bible and then his fingers are in uh, position, his um, thumb and ring finger are in the, the alpha, and his, the, if you look at the three, it's the, um, it is the, the three points of an omega, so he's, he's, the symbol is the alpha, the omega. If you ever see a painting with someone's fingers like that, that's, they're trying to give glory and credit to God, the alpha and the omega. And the real Saint Nicholas, who this painting is of, um, you can kind of tell, like he's wearing red because that's what bishops wore, and he's wearing a big white collar. That's what bishops wore. So a lot of the tradition of what Santa Claus looks like comes from uh, St. Nicholas, and that he was a bishop wearing red and the big white collar. And of course, that has evolved even further to like the winter attire, because it's cold at the South Pole and all those shenanigans. But anyways, the real St. Nicholas is from a pretty warm area of the world. He's from Turkey, which by the way, I'm from Turkey. I, I was born right there, which... My dad was in the Air Force, um, stationed in Turkey at the time. Uh, him and my mom had me, uh, and I was born in Turkey, so that's kind of cool because Santa Claus, or the, actually the real St. Nicholas, was born just a little ways down the road uh, in what is today modern Turkey. He was born in 280, um, right on this coast town, to a very wealthy family, a Christian family. And the story is, is that his family died. His mom and dad uh, died of this epidemic when he was young, and he was raised by his uncle, who was a bishop, a Christian bishop. And little St. Nicholas uh, was strong in his faith. He, the early church tradition was to fast on Wednesdays and Fridays, and he strictly uh, stuck to that. He um, grew up 
uh, became a reader in the church, which is no small thing back then because uh, the, the illiteracy rate was so high. But he was learned by his, taught by his uncle, who was bishop, raised him well, became a reader in the church, and then uh, became a priest, was tonsured a priest, given this cool haircut, um, and became a priest. And, and by the way, it's sometimes, like as a, as a pastor, like when I was a young pastor, I was like, oh, it's so cool to be a pastor. It's hip and cool. And if the tradition of the early church was still around where you were given a most hideous haircut, um, maybe it wouldn't be so cool and there'd be less pastors or something. I don't know. But uh, the idea of this horrible haircut, have you seen this haircut before? It's pretty horrible. <laughs> but that's kind of the point. It's to humble you that you don't care about your earthly appearance. You only care about God. And it's to humble you, give you a pretty horrible haircut. So that's, that's that. St. Nicholas became a priest. And then the story goes that he began an anonymously giving away his wealth. If you go back just a few minutes, what I said was his parents died. His parents were very wealthy. They gave him a large inheritance. And so he had a lot of money to do whatever he wanted to do with. And instead of um, going around and living up things and, and uh, buying nice things for himself, he decided to give away his wealth. And the biggest story that we have for him giving away his wealth is a sailor and his three daughters. And there's a quote on the back of your notes, of a quote we have from St. Nicholas of Myra. That's the St. Nicholas that we're talking about. <coughs> a quote about giving, nonetheless. The giver of every good and perfect gift has called us to mimic his giving by grace through faith, and this is not of ourselves. So this thing within St. Nicholas to give and to give anonymously and to give greatly is really why he became a saint. So here's the story we need to talk about. It's probably the most famous story uh, surrounding St. Nicholas. And the story is very similar. I've heard lots of versions of the story. They're all very, very similar with a few little tweaks. But the gist of it is this, that, that in the area he lived in Turkey, there was a sailor who was very, very, very poor. And he had three daughters. And instead of letting them starve to death, he was considering either selling his daughters or, I can't imagine the horror, giving his daughters into prostitution just to feed them, to feed the family. They were so poor, so desperately poor, that that's what they were thinking about doing. Horrible situation. Nicholas finds out about this as a priest and lays down his priestly garments, dresses up as just an average person, and goes out and wants to give anonymously. So he, at night, goes and gives these girls uh, large gifts of money. And one version of the story is that he wanted to make sure these individual girls got it. So he put those gifts into their socks, which is maybe where we today get this idea of like the stockings and putting candy in socks, which is just kind of gross to think about, but whatever. Um, so the story goes that he gives them enough money, one story enough for their dowries, enough uh, or enough to just get them out of the horrible situation that they're in. And uh, one story is that he gives gave one girl each, as each girl got older, gave them large gifts. And so the father was waiting for the third girl to get the gift. And the father finds out who it is and makes a big deal about it. Whereas uh, Nicholas did not want to be known. He wanted to give anonymously, but it's found out who he is. And then on and on this story goes, this anonymous gift giving, which is really how we are supposed to give as Christians, not to be made known of our great gifts and our giving. And I think a lot of Christmas today with commercialism is that like this, this, we have to give a gift and it has to be a good gift and we get all this credit for giving a good gift. And really the, the biblical form of giving 
is much more humbly. It's, it's giving anonymously, and that's, that's, we'll talk more about Nicholas in a second, but I wanted to give it back to you as a discussion question um, in this moment of like thinking about anonymous gift giving, and maybe get a little serious for some of you. Um, have you ever been given something anonymously that was very meaningful? Would you think about that, consider that, and maybe share a few stories at your table if you could think of something really quickly? Ready, cassette, discuss. Well, I walked around and heard some of your awesome stories about being given something anonymously, and I think what it does inside of us when we are given something, and we really don't know who it is, is we give all the glory to, to God. And that's really the point of Christmas. That's the point of Jesus coming to give all the glory to God Himself. Jesus is God. And when there's giving that... Um, that person receives like, oh, all the credit for this great gift. Well, then that person receives the credit. And Nicholas, in giving anonymously, is this great model for us for anonymous giving. And what's interesting here is St. Nicholas and Christmas, they really don't have anything to do with each other. And you might be like, whoa, how can that be? That's mind-blowing. Well, it kind of is. But here's the thing. St. Nicholas happened to have died on December 6th, and his day if you know anything about St. Nicholas's Day, is December 6th, which is pretty close to Christmas. So around St. Nicholas's Day, there was this church tradition to do what St. Nicholas did, which was to give anonymous gifts to kids, to other people, to people in need. And so on this day, December 6th, throughout church history, there's people going around giving each other secret gifts, which is a pretty cool way to give gifts. And so you can see that because it was so close to Christmas, December 6th and December 25th, I guess it's not that close, but close enough, the two traditions kind of got merged. And it's like, oh, of course we give gifts on December 6th for St. Nicholas, but maybe we should also give gifts on 25th because that's the day we celebrate Christ. So that's kind of the mixing of the two. But it reminds me of this bigger idea that Christ died on the cross, the ultimate gift, the best gift we can ever think of the greatest gift ever given, of course, is Jesus' death on the cross. Because Jesus was not just a good person. He wasn't just a good guy. We as Christians fully affirm that he was fully God. So God came to this world through Jesus, the, the child, grew up, taught miracles, and then ended up dying on a cross for our salvation. And that's beautiful. And that's, of course, the, the true you know, meaning of Christmas to Easter, this death, resurrection of Christ, is that we can have life because God came to this earth. Now, let's go to another idea of, of this, uh, the real St. Nicholas, which brings us to the Council of Nicaea. This will bring us back to where we're going. So if you're like, seems like we're talking about something else right now, we kind of are, but we'll go back to this gift-giving and who God truly is. So the Council of Nicaea happened in 325 A.D. and happens in this little city uh, in Nicaea. There's the, there's the arrow pointing to where about, just about Nicaea is and today what is Turkey. And there's the real St. Nicholas where he is from. So in 325, this council was called all over the world, the known world at the time. Christians were gathered to come up with a creed to decide some very important things that we all should believe and we all do affirm as Christians. So 
um, the, 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 the ruling emperor of the time was Constantine. He pulled this council together. He gave free travel for bishops and priests traveling with them all over the known world. Since uh, Nicholas was a bishop, by this time he was invited to the creed. And at this creed, uh, they decided some things. They decided when Easter would be. They decided um, uh, there shouldn't be any, like how we uh, instate priests and bishops. There shouldn't be any um, like shenanigans or funny business or people paying people for those positions. But there has to be two or three bishops around when another bishop is elected. And they decided some other things like that, some logistical things. And then they came up with the creed that we now have as a church. We have the Nicene Creed, which, by the way, New Life, if you go to newlifechurch.org, statement of beliefs, what do we believe? Well, the Nicene Creed is there. And then some things, uh, uh, the characteristics of New Life are, are down below. But above and beyond, the first thing that you will see is the Nicene Creed, a creed that's still very important to us in this room and Christians all over the world. Well, at this council, there was a guy, and we'll, we'll just kind of characterize him as the bad guy. Here's a picture of him. His name is Arius, and he um, is really known as the heretic um, at this council. He was saying that Jesus is not truly God. He is saying there's no need to worship Jesus because Jesus wasn't fully God. He's not divine. He would say there was a time when Jesus was not, whereas we would say, no, Jesus is fully divine. We would say Jesus, there was never a time when Jesus was not. He is God. We'd say He's one in being with the Father. We would say things like He's God. He's fully to be worshipped. And Arius is going on and on and on about how Jesus is not God, how Jesus is just, He's a Savior, but He's not fully God, so we shouldn't worship Him. And St. Nicholas, who was there, Bishop, I imagine just sitting there listening to this, was getting madder and madder and madder. He stands up, he walks over to Arius, and he slaps him right across the face. Santa slap. (coughs) Now, is that what we're supposed to do as Christians? No. In fact, Jesus actually says quite the opposite. Don't, you know, get, don't, Return vengeance, love your enemy, turn your other cheek, don't turn their cheek when you slap them. <coughs> but the, I don't know what this should be a part of the Santa story, in my opinion, is uh, Santa slapping a heretic. It's ne- it never makes it. It's always like North Pole and reindeer and other shenanigans, but never slapping heretics, which should be. But anyways, um, the real Nicholas, who's we, uh, he's, he's called a saint, slapped Arius in the face and then realizes that, that you shouldn't do that. It was just in his anger, in his passion, hearing someone mistreat the name of Jesus and say he wasn't divine, gets so mad, slaps this guy, and then repents. He actually has to spend some time in jail uh, for slapping Arius and uh, repents and comes clean, apologizes to the, the council apologizes that he should not have done that, so sorry. But it sets, this, it sets a tone of like, oh, his passion was there. And to listen, you know, to, to listen to a heretic slam Jesus, you could see his passion rise up. And here's what we've decided as a church. The, the council of Nicaea comes up with a creed, and you could see it again and again throughout this creed of who Jesus is. It starts off with, we believe, in God, the Father, the Almighty, 
maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. And here's all the stuff about Jesus, that Jesus is God of God, light of light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. So when we think of Nicholas and this real person who lived so many years ago, we should think of two things. His gift-giving, which ultimately uh, points us and shows us to who Jesus is, that Jesus is the ultimate gift-giver, giving himself away for our salvation. And then we should think of the, the real St. Nicholas. The other story in my mind that, that should be there is the story of so passionately wanting to defend Christ's divinity. So we have the Magi we started off with today. We have the giving of St. Nicholas. We have St. Nicholas, you know, slapping this heretic. He's just so mad and frustrated that this heretic was uh, demeaning Jesus, taking him off the divinity throne that he should be on. And so here's the, the idea I want to leave you with today. The idea of Jesus in the manger. Um, this painting uh, shows it well. The light in this painting is coming from Think about, like, look at the shadows. It's coming from Jesus himself. Um, and we, as believers, this, think about it this way. This is the first time in history we have an image of what God looks like. In the Old Testament, no one knew what God looked like. Um, but then God comes to earth in Jesus. And here God is, a picture of him at least, fully. Like Jesus in the manger, fully God. And Nicholas wanted to protect that passionately. He lost his patience. And the idea of giving is huge here. God comes to earth in the form of one of us, a lowly human like one of us, and gives his life away. So Nicholas points to Christ again and again and again. And that's what the real St. Nicholas is about. I think the real... St. Nicholas um, doesn't have anything to do with Santa of today. I think Santa clutters this idea that God truly came. Santa and the reindeer and the North Pole, there's so much clutter. And anything we can do, I think um, this whole month has been about uncluttering the real Christmas. And next week we're going to unclutter um, who Mary was. I think we as Protestants usually don't like to talk about Mary. Um, we're like, oh, the Catholics, they... You know, the place of Mary in Catholicism is a different place, and so let's not even talk about Mary. Whereas Mary was the temple that brought God to this earth, if you think about it in those terms. And so next week's message will be about that. But this uncluttering of Christmas, we'll end a little early today, and I'll close us in prayer, is what I want to bring us to. This uncluttering of the thinking about all the things Christmas means to us in 2014 in America. Let's unclutter that and let's think truly about the coming of our God and how awesome that gift was. So if you would bow your head with me. Father, we humbly come before you as your servants, as people who are in need of your salvation. Holy Spirit, that you have convicted us of sin and we are sinners. We've, we've come before you and we, we don't have our lives all right, but you love us as we are, not as we should be. Nobody in here 
would say, oh, I'm totally as I should be, but you, Lord, love us as we are. And this gift that, that St. Nicholas reminds us of, that, that, the, that the cross reminds us of, that the image of God in a manger reminds us of, that we can have faith and life and fullness in you, that we could have forgiveness by your gift, because you are truly God. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. You've come into this world and died so that we can receive who you are, receive your fullness and forgiveness. So we worship you, we praise you, and everybody said, amen. All right, friends, we'll leave here slowly, hang out with each other, share some joy, and then we'll see you over in the main service soon. Peace. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the College and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday School.